0: And welcome to the All Too Well podcast. I'm your host, Erica Huss. I'm a wellness entrepreneur, a wellness expert, your wellness whisperer, and I'm here with some tips, some resources, and some great conversations to make your journey towards better health just a little more comfortable and a little less cringy. And today we've got another mini I heard from you guys, and I am responding in kind. You like a little girl talk from, down, from time to time. Uh, or a little friend talk, whatever it is. This is not exclusive to the ladies because I actually got some good feedback from some dudes. So today we are talking with my dear friend, Amy Scher, who I have known for, mm, I don't know, 12 or so years at this point. She has had mm, many, many lives and careers. Um, She started out as a writer and an editor. She is now in the luxury real estate market she also has a number of other interesting projects that she is involved with in terms of writing and editing and film and production. Uh, She also happens to love podcasts, especially the true crime kind, which unfortunately I'm not offering you here, although I would argue that some of our punnery and stupidness is potentially a crime. And she is just all around my girl. And so I wanted to share a little chit-chat with you. We talked about some fun stuff that's been going on with both of us lately, you know, just life-wise, health-wise, whatever. We kind of called back a little bit to the episode around uh, my conversation with Jancy Dunn around her book on menopause and the joys of perimenopause. And we also are both just total pun and word nerds and pun geeks and whatever you want to call us. And uh, so, you know, as it happens between friends, you sort of develop a little, a little private dialogue, a little private vocabulary that only the two of you really truly understand. And I read something earlier that kind of made me, it reminded me of some of our funny little isms that we have <laughs> developed over the course of our friendship. And uh, it made me chuckle. It made her chuckle. Hopefully it brings a smile to your face. And if not, see you next time. Here is me and Amy.
1: Hi, Ames. Hi. How are you? I'm good. What are we talking about here today? Well,
0: we're just doing, you know, we get to do a little girl talk um, online as opposed to the hours and hours and hours of girl talk we spend offline. A little Um, recorded girl talk. A little recorded girl talk for posterity. So I still want to talk about what you thought about, um, you know, Jancy's episode and her book and all of that stuff because it's like on our mind anyway. But then there was the other thing I sent you that I thought was really funny. Yes. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, I I did. I I listened to the episode, and um, I just I'm I think I'm still being Gen X. I am in this place of like, and it might just first of all, foggy brain is so real. (laughs) And what she was saying about like I don't even know if I can write a book. Yeah. Um, because her mind feels so scrambled is so relatable. Like I you feel that way. Oh my God. I had to go to Trivia Night at Hudson School on uh on Friday. And it was like, you know, you had to buy a ticket to the event and there are all these big tables. And I can't describe to you the anxiety I had going into the event, which is supposed to be fun. It's like a fun cocktails and food and trivia night with like all the other parents. And I texted Vicky and I was just like, How much pressure will be applied if like I don't know any answers to anything. Like, how does this work? Like I wanted, I wanted complete control over the situation because I was so stressed out about not knowing any answers. And were you on a a team
0: with only other parents or was it families Mm -hmm. on
1: a team? It was, it was, you know, you just signed up. So it was like moms and dads and, you know, all these tables were put together and, and then whatever the school hosts this trivia night. But are um, the kids involved? I guess is my question. No, kids oh, are it's not just involved. Parents. Okay, got it. Just parents. And I felt a lot of anxiety about <laughs> like meant. not being able to lean on my kid for answers to things. But and and then once I was there, obviously it was fine. To be clear, I didn't know a lot, but I did know a lot that other people didn't know. So it's like, we're all kind of the same age with our foggy brains. And I know a lot of it is just age, but I know that a lot of it for me, because I just kind of live in this space now, which I never have where I'm struggling for words or, or just, I don't know, like general retention. Like I can't remember anything anymore. Like it's freaking me out a little bit, but I know it's not anything serious. Like I know it's not like, Oh, I'm wandering around a parking lot and I don't know where I am. It's not It's not right. like Alzheimer. Alzheimer's. It's something else. It's like this, it's a
0: fog. It's really just foggy. Do you have that yet? I mean, I have moments of it. And when it's happening, I catch it and I feel like, oh, this is annoying. This is like that thing. But I do feel like, I don't know, I do so much stuff to Sort yeah, of counter of and that. counter exactly. I mean, between like, you know, adaptogens and using caffeine as like a tool, as opposed to just like using caffeine, you know, just like being reliant on caffeine, right. which I can't do anyway, because my body won't allow it. But, but things like that, I feel like I use a lot of tricks, uh, to stave <clears> it off, but no, I feel the same way. Like, I feel like there are moments where it's less in conversation. It's more when I'm just kind of in my own head and I'm trying to remember the thing that I just thought of three seconds ago, and now I can't mm-hmm. remember it. I feel so like for me. Yeah, I I feel like I mean, if we didn't have apps, if we didn't have like if I didn't have my notes app on my phone, that would be a completely different thing because I am constantly using that thing like I every single day when I wake up and there are like the three things that I thought of overnight while like while I was trying to sleep or whatever, it's like it goes straight into the notes and then the notes get transcribed into my like journal or whatever it is that I need to do, but like, 30 years ago, what were you we supposed to do? Walk around with a fucking stack of Post-its in order to remember? Like, I, I can only imagine that it felt much more amplified when we didn't have the tools that we do now.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, the tools almost, in some way, just make it harder because you now are you're forced to use the tools. Like, <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> even understanding the tools is like this big, foggy experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but she did say you heard that she was like, but then it it went away, like it cleared. It I cleared, and yeah, so that's small comfort.
1: Oh, can't wait for the clearing. <laughs> Maybe that's what we should rebrand menopause: the clearing, the clearing, <laughs> the clearing.
0: <laughs> uh, well, it's it's nicer than the actual word itself. Or um, was it you or 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 one of your um, snarky colleagues that coined the uh, the thickening?
1: The thickening was me. I take full credit for the thickening, which is real. Like you see it. You see it when you look at pictures of yourself when you're even like 25 and you're like, oh, things just got thicker. Not necessarily fatter. Yeah. Thicker. (laughs) Everything. The neck got thicker. The the limbs got thicker. It's
0: true. And then we and we, and, and we think about those times when we were 28 and 25 and we were like focused on the wrong things, right? Like we were unhappy oh. because there was like this little speck of cellulite or whatever it was. Oh, yeah.
1: The amount of time I spent just like, I see applesauce on my thigh. It's like, oh my God, that was crazy. Crazy. Because I think I, I remember the reflection that I saw like through the eyes that I have now. And it's so sick that yeah. I looked at that body and- and saw anything that resembled fat on it.
0: it was we all did. The it. Opposite. We all I also focused was sick.
1: on. Huh? <laughs> I also was just like a, you know, I think teenagers often can be at least at that point in time, kind of sick. I mean. I feel like kids are much, well, actually, I don't know. It seems like kids are a bit, they have more body positivity now yes, than they yes. did when we were growing up. Like, I was very much like, oh my God, I want to look like Kate Moss and I want to look, right. you know, I wanted to, I wanted to look like a waif. Yeah. Well,
0: because I mean, there was, was no chance
1: was, of looking like a Glamazon. No chance. That was what was The said waif to was us. achievable. <laughs> <laughs> One so, thing felt way more achievable than the other. Like, I'm never going to have Claudia Schiffer's body, but... I could possibly, I almost already have Kate Moss's body. Let's just starve
0: myself. Yeah. Let's just get stop get eating. And yeah, well, right. hopefully we've all, I mean, I, I think it is still, it is still endemic. There's not, you know, I, I there's a massive culture of disordered eating that we still are in. And mm-hmm. I mean, you're closer to it than I am just being around teenagers, but, right. um, but I'm hopeful that there at least is some, like the body positivity message is, is is real and it is embraced more than it's not. Um, I don't know. I mean, what do you, like, what does Hudson talk about any of that stuff with girls in his class? I mean, not even girls, it's guys too, but
1: yeah, no, he doesn't talk about it so much, but I think that's because he's not on social media, you know, he's mm. 15 and he, he, and it's not because I'm keeping him off of social media. He's just, you know, he talks about it every now and then, but he doesn't push for it. And if he's not going to push for it, I'm not going to push it on him. That's a gift. And It is a gift, but I think, I think that's where you're really seeing so much of it. Um, but what's crazy is there seems to be a flavor for everybody. There's something on the menu for everyone on social media, whether it's like body positive for a healthy body, body positive for a very unhealthy body, whether it's skewing you know, overweight or extremely underweight. I feel like you can find your little corner of, right. There's validation wherever you want.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. And it's also yeah. confirmation bias. I'm just so glad that, I mean, I say this all the time, but like, I'm so grateful that I was listening. It's funny, actually. I was, I was Pilates this morning and it was like a very, um, you know, it was like a pop soundtrack. And I've recently been listening to a little bit more Taylor Swift. I'm the first to admit that I was oh. judgy and all mm. of the things for a long time, but there are, I, I have, I've, Come around in some of my opinions, not across the board. I'm not saying like, you know, just all cases, but there are some of the music I like. But anyway, I'm I'm more familiar with it now. You don't have to now. make
1: excuses.
0: Well, I, where I'm going with it was that I was, so a couple of the songs in my Pilates class this morning, I actually knew because I've been listening to a little bit more Taylor Swift lately. And, you know, they were kind of some of the like the more pop, like cute, you know, mm-hmm. teenage romance and love. And there was like a flicker in my head for a moment of like, oh, it would have, I really, you know, those days were so like cute and fun. And like, I missed that feeling of that, like kind of teenage crush. And then immediately the rest of my brain was like, are you fucking kidding? Like you yeah. are so lucky to have escaped the teenage years without social media and without oh, having yeah. all of that. Like I wouldn't trade it I wouldn't trade it for a second to, to, to have to go back to experiencing teenage life with social media as like the, the underpinning of all of it. No way.
1: Nor would I, but this is a conversation I do get into with Hudson a lot It is because he was born into this reality and like things being this way already. It's, it's you know he has nothing to compare it to so it's it's truly we truly are the in my day i mean we just sound like our parents sounded to us you know like i walked to school and all of that me talking about like pre social media life to him he like doesn't give a shit he's just like uh huh okay you know just it doesn't matter to him it, he can't even comprehend a world without it so why am i bothering him with my my tales of the olden days like it's just boring to him I mean it's meaningless it's just completely meaningless so I hear you and I agree with you and now that we've we've actually straddled both worlds and he'll have his experience with it like well I remember in my day we you know we held a phone we didn't have the chip in our head I like the days before the chip in the head and people are going to be like oh my god You're so boring. You're so old-fashioned or or whatever it is. No, it's true. It's true. But it just has nothing to reflect on anyway. Anyway.
0: Well, menopause, any other takeaways from from that chat? Besides Um, the fact that it's all all around us all the time?
1: Yeah, I wish I could talk about it. I just don't remember anything about (laughs) it. No. No, it was really just like the the fogginess of it. And then, you know, I get a little cynical wondering just how much rebranding is necessary. Like, I do think that we need to have more conversations around it, but I, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know exactly how, like how much of a household conversation it, it can and will become. Like I was thinking about tampons and period commercials, And like, you know, that's just like a part of what we see on TV, but I know it's still a moment when everyone looks away from the TV, you know, it hasn't really got, it's not like talking about periods and tampons has suddenly become like cool. And the thing everyone wants to talk about, maybe that needs rebranding too. I don't know, but I just think anything to do with, I I don't even know how far back we're going to have to pull to like rebrand the whole female experience. It just seems like a, women are the only ones who even have these experiences. Like, I don't, other than Viagra, I don't know what thing we're focused on with men that becomes. Yeah,
0: I don't think there's parity with required men. I mean, rebranding. Right, exactly. We go through substantially more in terms of what our bodies go through and like just shifts whether it's like puberty and periods to then you know pregnancy and childbirth and that whole experience and then into perimenopause and menopause it's definitely yeah there's just a lot more that that happens to us that feels like you know well i mean there's a lot more that happens to us and unfortunately even though it happens to all of us we still don't have as much of the tools to talk about it. And I I think you're right. I mean, at some point, like how much is too much? And I think even in the conversation with Jancy, we were talking about, you know, some of the workplace policies that have been instilled.
1: Yeah, what is that? I don't, I didn't read that article about whatever the UK
0: is doing. Like, what was that? I think that it's, now I'm going to screw it up and I'll have to just like look it up later and put it in the show notes. But it's something to the effect of like, there is, It's like almost like menopause time off, or or something the equivalent to it. And there's like, oh, it's like menopause scheduling, or it's something that kind of makes it feel like too special, and it sort of draws more attention. in In my view, it feels like it's then casting too much attention. It's like, well, we don't all need to actually like talk about it constantly or like wear a flag on my chest. Like, Hey, I'm taking my Eric's menopause. On menopause break. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't need that either, but I think somewhere in the middle of never talking about it at all and understanding and at least providing some context to the people around you. Right. And like your household, whether it's, you know, your domestic partner or a child that is looking at you going like, Wow, you seem really extra crazy today. And I'm not clear why. Like, if they then have a little bit more context of, oh, this is actually a thing that I shouldn't make fun of. Right. Because then there was right. a whole culture of like dudes that are like, oh, you're just on your period. Is that way you're being sort of bitch? And like, well, it's not mm. quite that simple. Like, maybe let's not reduce yeah. it so much. And anyway, so yeah, I feel like it can, it can kind of go a little too far in the other direction, but ultimately, I'm glad that we can, you know, that there are more books and there are more products and there are more, you know, tools and things because I do feel like it's it's better. Like I do feel happy that I know that like I, you know, got to take certain measures into my own hands that have helped me and helped my suffering. And I didn't really know why I was suffering until I kind of took a closer look. And then I was like, oh, actually all the things my doctor told me have nothing to do with what's going on here. Yeah. And I wouldn't have known to do that without having heard some of these these conversations and read some of the stuff. So I think
1: um, I think she was right, though, when she said, you know, that she's hopeful that and optimistic that the younger generation is going to have a much easier time talking about this stuff because they they do embrace like who they are in a way that, you know, previous generations haven't or, you know, we yeah. were more into like repressing who we were. and. I, I, I hope that is adopted by the medical industry because I, I agree with, with that as well. Like just as a test after our alloy appointment, when I went and had my annual exam, I was probing my, my gynecologist about, you know, like that was a a
0: gynecology joke. What, what was? (laughs) You were probing. You're gonna
1: <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. She was probing me. Um, but, but, but it's true. Like it was really just sort of like, I, you know, there was no. It was like, how old are you? Here's how old I am, and there was no conversation. But beyond that, and I was like, she was like, "Are your periods regular?" And I was like, "Well, not entirely. Like they're more regular than not." But she was just like, "Oh, okay." but there was nothing beyond that. Like I had to keep pushing, like, Mm. do you have any recommendations, like any suggestions? What should I expect over the course of the next year? And you know, should I be taking any supplement? Like I was asking her Mm -mm. everything and she wasn't off, but it was really triggered by our alloy, you know, meeting that you took me to, which thank you for that. But I was like, damn, that, that's a real thing, and yeah. you just wouldn't even think about it as a woman prior to getting to the point in your life. Like right. you, nobody's thinking about it, including us. Right. <laughs> you know, until you're you there, finally get until you're there, and then you realize, like, like I just hope that it's permeating the medical industry, and young doctors who are coming up are being more comprehensive in their approach to women's health you know, that it's not just, the onus isn't just going to be on the patient to
0: always push it. No, I think, but for now it is. And that's kind of where, like, that's what becomes systemic change is like, it's not going to come from the top down. So it has to come from the bottom up. And we have to be the ones to, like Jancy was saying, like you should schedule a separate appointment because they did not build this into their 10 minutes in the room with you. So you should schedule a separate appointment. And if there is actually like a, a menopause expert on the team, which sometimes now there is, then that's the person that you should be talking to. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Ultimately it should shift and we would like to see that shift in the system, but I, it's not going to happen unless we are the ones that continue to ask for it. So, um, yeah,
1: I think the age of the doctor probably has something to do with it as well. Like my doctor was, is older than me and I'm sure this is just, was her experience as well. Like,
0: I think that's right. On the aging tip, by the way, why are you not wearing your glasses? How are you like looking at a screen without your glasses on right now?
1: I'm not wearing my glasses (laughs) because well, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, can you um, actually
0: see a screen without wearing your glasses?
1: I mean, as long as they're reading glasses. So as long as I'm not having to read anything, I'm fine with it. I just feel like I've been wearing my glasses so much that. It's they're actually bothering me a little bit. So I mean, I'll put them on. I mean, that's definitely better. But
0: like you don't right have to now, I'm at looking. Like at, that. No, but uh, you're blurry. Stop squinting at me. <laughs> you're blurry, and it's giving me a headache to actually look at the screen without. Oh, like, you're not there. No,
1: you're not. No, you don't look blurry to me, and I don't look. I mean, I'm not sharp, but I'm not blurry. It's definitely better with the glasses on. It's just I've been. I wear these things so much. I know. And this doesn't feel required. But if I'm looking at my phone or I'm trying to read, it's required. Aren't you lucky?
0: Mine's required. because I'm Is just it required? Yes. Okay. Can we talk about the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Because I think it's really funny. Yes. yes. <laughs> so there was this article, this this little column in New York Magazine a couple of weeks ago. Um, the writer is Mia Mercado. And I give... You know, little shout out to her. I know that she didn't invent all of these these concepts, but I like the way that she distilled them down. But the idea is just it's a it's a new kind of glossary. And I just had to chuckle when I read it. And I immediately thought of you because I feel like you and I talk about stuff like this all the time and sort of make up our own little, you know, isms. Um, but she, she kind that. of introduced the idea that like, you know, in 2022 that we became aware of the concept of quiet quitting, which is the act of putting in just enough effort at work to not get fired. Um, and then what I didn't know actually that in, it says in December after an overwhelming public vote, Oxford dictionaries declared its word of the year. I knew go- this. Goblin <laughs> mode. You did. I didn't know that. I did.
1: Yeah, behavior that is
0: unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, slovenly, or greedy. I did not know that goblin mode was a thing.
1: Yeah, I knew that one. And th- there were a few, on- few on here. I, I think because I probably follow a lot more like jokey memes than yeah. you do. And so those kinds of things, like bed rotting and all of that stuff, <laughs> gets cycled through on my Instagram. Um so I knew about goblin mode from one of those like jokey accounts that I follow. I like yeah.
0: what was your favorite one? I was really fan of Rat Snacks, which I think is <laughs> well, also. I feel been, like we do Rat we Snacks do rat snack. all the time. I think it's, it's like been lady rebranded dinner. into like a girl dinner, which I find a little offensive right. just because like I mean, it, there's if you. It, I'm I'm not suggesting that you only eat like pickles and maraschino cherries and call that girl dinner, like. But mm-hmm. anytime we sit down to graze, there's always like a wide variety of like fresh veggies and some fats and some fibers and some nuts and some crunchy things. True. But I loved rat snacks, and her examples are a pickle wrapped in a slice of cheese, a dollop of peanut butter topped with assorted nuts, potato chips in a bowl of vinegar, and a spoonful of frosting and some pretzels. <laughs>
1: Yeah, see that's not that's not girl dinner though. That's a very different thing. And, and that is actually rat. I snack. know, I know plenty of men who do rat snacks.
0: Rat snacks, yes. Do do you, do you know men who do girl dinner? No. Okay. Do you? No, but I. Well, I I, I never. No, Brian is like the opposite of that. He eats like man dinner for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There are like five food groups represented in vast quantities. The amount of food I know plenty of men astonishing. <laughs> the amount of what? <laughs> The amount of food he puts away is astonishing. Well, it's astonishing that he's
1: so lean and fit and puts away all that food. I know lots of men who love to ambush a girl dinner. Like if right. we had one of our spreads, they would certainly like flock to yes. the watering
0: hole and start devouring all of our carrots and and protein. We make it we make it look pretty. I remember, this goes back to when I used to, like it jogged it, but I remember hanging out with Molly and Jocelyn like right after college when we first had our own apartments and it was always like, ooh, who's going to come over and we can watch whatever the hell we were watching Melrose, I don't even know what it was. And we didn't have a name for it, but it was like, I mean, I think we called it like picnic dinner and it was always involved some cheese, a bowl of wasabi peas, some like pickled vegetables, definitely baby carrots and hummus, which I mean, if I never see another baby carrot again, it will be too soon. (laughs) They're terrible inventions that are not real carrots, but that's my own opinion. I would rather cut a carrot. But yeah, we used to do, I mean, this goes back, like, I think we've always been sort of like, you know, we've always had this inclination to do that little grazer. It's more fun. It's more social. It's more like, Mm -hmm. not the same as rat snacks. (laughs) It's
1: better. Not the same as rat snacks. Um, There were a few on here that I really liked. I, I, I just liked the, I liked the act your wage. I liked that one. Um, which is a cornerstone of quiet quitting, acting your wage until it's giving the amount of effort that matches your pay. Minimum wage equals minimum work. Um, Because I know we've all, we can all relate to that one, acting your wage. It's not something I want to actually like set in motion, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was actually having a conversation with Brian about all of these. It is an interesting thing that social media has, you know, allowed for encapsulate like branding these ideas that are they're They're not new. They're no. not new ideas, but now it's all become like cheeky and funny. And I don't know a way of just branding our lifestyle. I, I, I don't know. It was just funny to me because we were, we started talking about the the movie office space mm-hmm. and, um, you know, his like, Minimum wage or or act what is it act your, act your wage, wage and quiet quitting and doing the bare minimum those were all just ideas very alive and well back yes. when that movie was made That's but right. now they just, just been didn't been have a name of... and it's shocking that goblin mode is a real recognized <laughs> word now or phrase or whatever they're calling it
0: they're calling it well what are they is calling it, a it word yeah it's I a guess behavior. it's a word. Yeah, it's it's word of the year. Word of the it's year. Goblin mode. That's oh, fascinating. Word. Lazy girl job, not so interesting. Carcass time and bed rot. These were really two of my favorites. Although I don't actually staying in bed all day and succumbing to the urge to do nothing but sleep, eat, watch TV, repeat. Like I love the idea. I don't I don't think I've ever actually done like I don't have a TV in my bedroom. So I've never watched TV in bed as an adult. Mm. Uh, maybe mm. like in my mom's bed when I was a kid and I was sick or something.
1: But you're missing out on one of life's great indulgences. Well, but I don't I mean, have I, a TV in my room either.
0: Yeah, like in a hotel, I will enjoy that. But I don't. Th- I mean, I've literally never spent the whole day in bed. Have you?
1: Not with the sole purpose of just I'm taking a day for myself to just watch movies, unless I'm sick you know, right. to, to your point, or if it's like a snow day.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I more relate to carcass time. I think bed rotting I've done on the couch, but I feel like that's different. Well, carcass time is fatty downtime. I know carcass time has been described here as a mini bed rot, but I think that you and your coining was actually perfect. It came after we had had a particularly big night slumber mm-hmm. party with adult ladies Indeed. and more more wine than anybody wanted, and yeah, it was like, "What's everybody doing today?" And we were all like, "What? What do you mean? What's everyone doing? Like, we're not right. We can't, we can't do anything. We've incapacitated ourselves."
1: I'm not even sure we formed that sentence.
0: I think we I think we funny. grunted
1: a little bit <laughs> and. And the outcome of that was we were all doing fatty downtime, which was, which is carcass time, which is just being horizontal for a few hours until we could, you know, grunt
0: and sequence a little bit better. But because
1: with with a, with a
0: table full of rat snacks.
1: (laughs) With a table full of rat snacks. Exactly. (laughs) But then that would lead straight into bed rotting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm
0: here for all of it. I know, I I know I'm supposed to talk about wellness, but like, I feel like that's part of it. Like you have to balance it out. You have to have those like self-indulgent moments of almost being disgusted with your own lack of motility. And then, and then, and then you bounce back.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you can, you can go a different, you can go a different route. You could, you could definitely just eliminate all of the activities that would require carcass mode or require fatty downtime, but then life is no fun (laughs) and you do those things and then you have to take care of yourself. Yes. That's what you got to do. And
0: you're here to help us do that. I'm here for it. I'm here to tell you, You I did say that. I did say that. I heard
1: you. (laughs) I heard you say that. I noted that you said that Um, for anyone listening, one of Erica Huss's, lines is I'm here to tell you. in fact she's programmed in my phone that way. Um, so it was, I really didn't know that until you told me that you were programmed in my
0: phone like that. No, I definitely didn't know that. Oh, that I you, didn't know that, that I, I say that. that like I don't think I say that a lot but I guess it it lands when I say it.
1: You don't say it a lot but the time that you said it it was powerful. <laughs> it was powerful and you, you have said it a few times since then. but when you said it I was it was just funny.
0: <laughs> and well, don't
1: leave your shit out. That's and the don't other leave one. Your
0: shit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Fair, fair. I'll take it. It's not a bad catchphrase. I mean, if I'm gonna have a catchphrase. Oh, no. nice you have
1: a catchphrase. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> I'm here to
1: tell you. Erica, I'm here to tell you how. Yeah. Are there any other meaningless topics we should cover?
0: I don't think at the moment. I feel like there's always gonna be something, but I feel like these okay. are it's a good place to to wrap it up and and um say hasta la vista
1: and la escuela yes (laughs) adios (laughs) yeah (laughs) I agree we can wrap wrap this shit up okay
0: wrap it up thanks love you I
1: love you bye
0: thanks for listening to all too well guys and as always I am accepting stars reviews all of the above they don't cost you anything and they mean a lot to me so if you do have time head on over to apple Podcasts and throw me a few stars and uh you know just do a good turn thanks